So here's my question to you for today. How's your attitude? Just maybe take a little inner check, a little quiet check, to just sort of check your attitude. For today, we see this great and marvelous and powerful gospel, this passage from Matthew of the Beatitudes. Beatitude, attitude, an attitude of being, an attitude of living. Be the attitude. It's not enough for us to hear about the Beatitudes, to think about them or to pray about them or to read about them, but rather to live them because the Beatitudes are in themselves a call, a call to action. And so in the Beatitudes, we are called not just to read or to pray them, but to actually be the attitudes in our life, just simply by how we live our lives and how we respond to the various circumstances that we are faced with day to day. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is that may be going on in our lives. And so to live them in our daily lives and in our relationships as we move forward in life. Because when we live the Beatitudes, they in turn open us to the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit during this time of sharing today and in this uh, Eucharist as we celebrate it today. Today's readings link us today in a very special way. They link us with a very powerful message about Jesus. And because it's a message about Jesus, it's also a message about us and our relationship with Jesus and with one another. And it teaches us about the value, the gift, and the blessing of flowing. All these blessings, incredible, incredible, powerful anointings and blessings flowing from the Beatitudes when indeed we live them in our life. Otherwise, they're just something that we know about and hear about and think about. But if we're not living them, we're not going to be experiencing much of the grace that is in them. And so we are linked to Jesus and to the Beatitudes through our baptism. So we have the, ba we have the Beatitudes, we have Jesus, we have baptism. We have this grace, this fire, this power, this blessing, this anointing through the Holy Spirit and because of our baptism. Matthew has a very, uh, very beautiful and careful pattern uh, in his particular gospel. The way that he proceeds with this in his story of the baptism of Jesus, he shows us that for Jesus, the Beatitudes are Jesus' call to action. He knows now that the time is short. And it's going to get shorter as he continues moving forward in his journey. And so it is a time for action. Jesus must go forth on his crusade to, fill, to fulfill the mission for which the Lord has sent him among us. And so in his story of the temptations, Matthew shows us Jesus deliberately choosing He's making deliberate choices, especially at this particular point in his life, but of course throughout the whole of his life. In this case, he's making a deliberate, deliberately choosing the method, the way that he will use to carry out his task. He's thought about it, he's prayed about it, and now it's time to fulfill it. And he is deliberately rejecting methods which are against the will of God. So if we are making a decision and a choice for this, it means we're saying no to that. 
whatever the, that may be in our lives. Might be something good, it might be something we'd really like to do, something we're capable of, something that would be no problem at all if we did it, but the choice that we make is one or the other. And so in order for us to do that, we need to remember what it means for us to be baptized, to be children of God and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, the thing is that Jesus, as we see, he's going to be moving forward uh, in his journey and in his quest. However, he doesn't go alone. He's not by himself. So Jesus goes on, and Matthew shows us how he is selecting those who are chosen, those who will be his followers, and what it is that he asks of them. These workers who will work together with him in the vineyard to help to return the whole communion of angels and saints, the whole glory of God, the whole of creation, back to the Lord in its fullness in the way that it was meant to be. And so we too, along with them, we too have been chosen as well. Our response, therefore, is to also make our deliberate choice. <clears throat> That's why I ask today, how's your attitude? So to make your deliberate choice today to actually live the Beatitudes through him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. When we consider then in the Sermon on the Mount, we have the very essence, the very being, the very full meaning of the teaching of Jesus to his inner circle of his chosen ones, those who will follow him to the apostles. But he's speaking to us as well. This is a message for each and every one of us. We can never hear the message or pray the scriptures or read the scriptures or talk with one another without understanding that we are a big, important part of all of what is going on. We're all different. We all have different gifts. We all some have same gifts. But it's all the same Spirit. It's all the same Holy Spirit. And it's all the gift of our baptism that calls us together in unity with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And so this Sermon on the Mount, <clears throat> what it does is it is the summary of the consistency, this constant, consistent, and insistence on Jesus on uh, um, uh, in, in everything that he does as he's going through in his life. If you look at his life very carefully, you'll see that he keeps coming up teaching about the Beatitudes in different ways and different, mostly by how he lives his life. Not only to his disciples, but again to us as well. We are a part, an important part, an integral part, a needed part, a necessary part in all of what is going on in the world, in all of our lives, in everyone's life across the whole of the world, just as we in this parish are united as best we can be in the ways that we are being called to serve one another and to serve the Lord. And so the Sermon on the Mount, it is this grave and solemn utterance. It is the central things that Jesus is talking about. It is the opening of Jesus. He's opening his heart and he's opening his mind to those whom he is going to choose. Those who are going to be his right hand and walk with him as he fulfills his call and his mission here on earth. And we are called to enter into it with him also. He is our Lord, he is our Savior, but he is also our brother, and he is the one who calls us and leads us. He is our shepherd. And so the sermon then is greater than we might think. There's more to it than we could possibly think. And so Matthew is trying to help us to see that it is the official teaching of Jesus. 
He's trying to help us to understand what Jesus is all about, what his life and his ministry is all about, and what our lives and ministry is called to be as well. So this is the, uh, the opening of Jesus' whole mind to his disciples. He's showing them everything. He's teaching them everything. He's explaining everything. And he's helping them to see how they're going to move forward. But he's showing it not only to them as he did then, but to us right here and now as well. And so again, what is our attitude then to the Beatitudes? What is our response? We have this call. What is our response? Well, <clears throat> what do we look at then when we see the apostles and what it is that Jesus is talking about? What are some of the qualities? What are some of the characteristics of those like us who are being called? In today's gospel, in this particular reading, Jesus called the meek. What does he call them? He calls them blessed. He does that because he thought that it was something worth striving for. Now, if we think of being meek uh, in a human context, we sort of think of, you know, like uh, Johnny Miltoast, you know, like a, a feeble little uh, weak person. That's not what it means as all, at all. As a matter of fact, Jesus has called himself meek. He has called himself humble of heart. And because that's who and what he is, that's who and what he calls us to be together with him. Because indeed he was, he was submissive, but only to the will of the Heavenly Father. Not to all of the other things that were trying to interfere in his journey, causing various temptations and distractions in his life, but keeping his focus on the anointing of the Spirit. And so this is what it means to be meek. To be meek means to be bend, to be able to bend our will to God's. Thy will be done. When we pray, thy will be done, it means our will has got to go. Doesn't mean it disappears. Where does it go? It goes to Jesus on the altar at the foot of the cross so that he can take our will into his being to bless it, anoint it, protect it, to show us the way so that indeed we move in harmony and unity with God's will in each and every one of us under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is the kind of meekness that requires strength, not weakness. It's not a weak thing. It is strength more than we can ever know more or hope for or imagine. It's a willingness to trust and to obey the Lord. We're not always going to have the full picture laid out before us step by step. But if we keep walking in the Lord and faith and trust, we will be okay because we will continue to move under the anointing and the guidance and the protection and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so as we continue moving forward, then we consider, well, who then could survive the day? How can we live our lives this way this, uh, to, to avoid the Lord's, uh, the Lord's wrath? Because those who decide that they're going to go a different route, there's going to be a price for them to pay for that choice as well. All our choices have consequences, whether they're good choices or bad ones, whatever the case may be. So Zephaniah gives us the answer as to who that is. Only, he says, only in, in, in the reading today from chapter 2, only a remnant of people, humble and lowly, those who would observe God's laws and seek justice and humility, they would be blessed for their willingness to be meek before the Lord. 
And so will we when we follow God's commandments, even when our passions and desires push us maybe in an opposite direction. Well, I'd really like to go another way. I know, but that's not where the Lord is calling you to go. So then we will always be able to enjoy freedom from sin as long as we keep our focus on the Lord. To live the Beatitudes, they are so important. But we cannot, absolutely cannot live them or receive the fullness of the grace and the power of the Beatitudes if we are not in close contact with the Holy Spirit, if we do not have a deep commitment and life in the Holy Spirit, if we don't know the Holy Spirit, if we don't talk to the Holy Spirit, if we don't pray. When we were baptized, we received the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit and all the gifts of the Spirit within us. But it goes beyond that. When Jesus went into the Jordan, when he went into the water, he received the water baptism. But when he came out of the water, the dove, the Holy Spirit descended upon him to anoint him, to make it possible for him to do everything that he had been baptized to do in his life. And so too for us. And so we need to make the deliberate choice, the deliberate decision to say, you know, this looks really good and I'd like to do it, and there's nothing wrong if I choose it, and there's nothing wrong if I do it, but that's not what the Lord is calling me to. He's calling me to, as much as that means to me, to put it aside, to trust Him, to let it go, to surrender it to Him, so that He can help us to move forward under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, living out the Beatitudes in our lives. So when we seek the Lord's will in all that we are doing, especially when we are faced with any important decision in our life, then we will feel peaceful. We will feel secure and anointed in knowing that we are following the right path. And so the next question we could ask ourselves today then, is there an area in my life that I am struggling to submit to the Lord? Something that I know the Lord is calling me to let go of. Something, someone, somebody, whatever the case may be. If so, then repent and ask for the grace to be able to let it go to let them go, to let whatever it is go, and to give it to him. It's not going to go away. It's not going to be lost. It's not going to be taken away from us. Indeed, when we surrender and give it to the Lord, the Lord blesses it and uses it in a way in our lives, in a way that it is meant to be used. That's what the letting go is all about. It's not to say, I give him this and then it's gone. No, we give it to him so that he can give it back to us so we can live it in a proper way that it was meant for us to live it initially when the Lord blessed us in that way. And so even if we don't see the blessings right away, doesn't matter. Keep the focus. Keep moving forward. Believe that they will come, that just as Jesus has promised, for us, with our Lord and Savior Jesus, through our baptism and the Holy Spirit, there is always hope. Even in the most painful moments, even in the most difficult moments, even in the sadness, and the, but in every part of our life, there is always hope all the time. And so we feel hope. Why? We feel hope because Jesus himself lived every one of the blesseds in his life. And through his ministry on earth, he did that. He speaks to our poverty, to our sadness, to our hunger, to inviting these blessings to reside within us. 
to, to release that power and anointing of the Spirit that we received in our baptism and by the Holy Spirit falling in, uh, upon us to, to bless and anoint and to move us forward. Our path then to happiness is through our baptismal calling. Now, the baptism is not the be-all and the end-all of everything. It is the beginning. It is a stepping-off point. It is the beginning of all of the power and anointing and graces and goodness that is to follow. So, whereas the, as members of the body of Christ, we are anointed. Why? To be able to join with Jesus in bringing justice and blessing to the world. When we say, you know, well, why don't they do something about it? Well, folks, we are the they. You say, well, I don't know what I can do. Yeah, you do. You're here today. You're doing something about it by being here. You can pray. When you pray, you're doing something about it. You don't have to necessarily be one on the fore, uh, you know, on the forefront of everything or standing up on a pedestal speaking to tons of millions of people uh, through all the great technology these days, but to be doing what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. Again, Jesus went into the Jordan and received his water baptism but he also needed to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit who came down upon him. And we hear in scriptures where the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And it's just like Mary. The one thing to remember about our dear mother Mary is Mary always points to Jesus. In Cana, when they were worried because they were out of wine, she said, see him, do what he tells you. She tells us that here and now in our lives. It's never about her. She always points to Jesus. And because she does that, she's pointing to the Eucharist. So you have the Eucharist, Jesus, and Mary. Where you have Mary, you have Jesus in the Eucharist. Where you have Jesus, you have the Eucharist, and you have Mary. And where you have the Eucharist, you have the Eucharist, Jesus, and Mary. They go together. You, can't, you cannot separate them from one another. And so the Beatitudes reveal the very heart of Jesus who Jesus is, and by turning around everything that the world deems important. And instead of going the way of the world, he goes the way of the Beatitudes, the way of the Father, the way of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are those who are humble and poor, who mourn and are peacemakers, who suffer and are merciful. And so again, we have our baptism and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God within us through our baptism and the anointing of the Spirit. He promises us his grace and his presence in our vulnerability and in our sinfulness so that within our human hearts, within our human being, within our human lives, we can experience the love and the promise of God's kingdom. And so we have the water baptism. <coughs> Excuse me. We have the Holy Spirit's anointing. We have the sisters and brothers, if we could truly understand what it means for us to say that I am a baptized child of God, if we truly knew and understood and experienced what that means, and the Holy Spirit at work in us, we could together change the world under the anointing, the fire, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to pray a prayer asking that Spirit to reveal himself to us today in a way that maybe we've never been able to experience the Spirit up to this point. Heavenly Father, as we gather together today in this holy place and in your holy name, we pray such a powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit 
that it leaves no room for questioning or fear or doubt. <clears throat> we surrender our fears, our doubts, hopes, dreams, desires. We place everything on the altar with you so that you may bless and anoint it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you descend upon us in such a powerful way, such an anointing, to literally baptize us in the power of your presence and to release within us the fullness of the fire and that power, moving aside and taking away our fears and doubts and worries and anxieties. They'll still be there. We'll still think about them. We'll still worry about them. But we can live through them in a different way under your anointing. Dear Mother Mary, in your holiness and in your blessedness, we ask for this anointing of the Spirit that you too be present with us to continue to place your mantle of love upon us, to help to fill us with this grace and anointing of the Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, fill our spirits, fill our bodies, fill our mind, fill our relationships, fill our families, fill our home. All that we have, Lord, it's yours. It comes from you. We give it back to you that we may live it according to your divine and holy will. And we ask now, Lord, that you, together with the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother Mary, St. Joseph, the whole communion of angels and saints, move through the whole of this church today to touch, bless, anoint, heal, and free each and every soul gathered here today in your holy name. Set us free that we may move forward under the anointing of your Spirit to actually live the Beatitudes, to be these attitudes in our lives. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.